Yo, what is going on, everyone? My name is Nick or the Notorious Fantasy, and in today's video, we're going to be doing a 12-team PPR mock draft from the 8th overall spot on ESPN Fantasy. Inside today's video, I'm going to be talking about my thought process throughout my picks, as well as my thoughts overall on the picks going on around me, so that you guys can have the best idea into my kind of thought process in going into a 2021 fantasy football draft from the 8th overall spot. But before we get on into this video, if you are new to my YouTube channel and you do end up enjoying today's video, I'd like to ask if you could please hit that subscribe button down below. Not only is it free, I put out content every single day to help you guys win your 2021 fantasy football championship. And while you're down there, whether you are new to the channel or not, please make sure to hit that like button down below to help boost this video up the algorithm so that more beautiful people like yourself can see today's video. I'd also like to let you guys know that I post articles every single day on awesome.com. Link down below in the comment section, as well as in the link in the description to my articles on there. Best way to help me out is by reading those articles. So without further ado, let's get in on into it. The draft begins with Christian McCaffrey, followed by Dalvin Cook, then Travis Kelsey. Now, if you guys draft on ESPN, I don't know why the ESPN website has Travis Kelsey ranked as the fourth highest player on the website, but people are going to be drafting Travis Kelsey in the top five basically every single time, whereas on Yahoo, NFL, CBS, all those other websites, he goes closer to pick eight through 12 and sometimes even falling into the second round personally am I fine taking Travis Kelsey in the first round yes but above these workhorse running backs like above a guy like Alvin Kamara Derrick Henry Saquon Barkley a guy like Aaron Jones to me that is a little bit crazy after Kelsey came Alvin Kamara and Derrick Henry we are about two picks away here, so the strategy here, oh, we see Devontae Adams come off the board, so typically inside of the first round, you're going to see around two to four non-running backs go. Right now, we are already at two through the first six picks of the draft with Travis Kelsey and Devontae Adams. It seems like Adams, Hill, as well as Stefan Diggs are typically going inside of the first round. Devontae Adams, ADP has rose, risen considerably recently, it seems to be, because to me at least, he's the clear wide receiver one in fantasy football when Aaron Rodgers is the starting quarterback and they finally got that deal done with Aaron Rodgers. So to me, Devontae Adams is locked and loaded there as a top 10 pick in fantasy football going at the sixth spot in this draft. After that, we see Saquon Barkley. Now, news today came out about Saquon Barkley that Saquon Barkley is going to potentially play in practice. Joe Judge has thrown us one way, he's thrown us the other. I have no fucking idea what to think about Saquon Barkley. Would I be surprised if he missed two games to start the season? No. Would I be surprised if he played week one? No. So I don't really know what to think. I'm drafting Saquon in the first round, but understand there is pretty high potential that he ends up missing some games. We're on the board here. Ezekiel Elliott, Austin Eckler, Tyreek Hill, Aaron Jones, all available at this point. We're going to go with Ezekiel Elliott at this pick. Last time that I did a 12-team draft, I actually think it was in yesterday's 14 team draft video. I drafted Aaron Jones over Ezekiel Elliott. To me, it's really like splitting hairs at that spot. I like Aaron Jones because of the touchdown upside he has in Green Bay. He's one of those running backs that would, could honestly score 20 plus touchdowns this season, and it wouldn't surprise me at all due to how dominant the Green Bay Packers offense is. Ezekiel Elliott on a pretty solid offense in Dallas. Very good pass catching ability just like Aaron Jones. The biggest worry though for Ezekiel Elliott and the Dallas Cowboys is that Dak Prescott's going to have to be throwing the ball so 
many fucking times in these games because the defense is just so bad in Dallas. Again, Ezekiel Elliott should still be able to flourish. I think he's fine to be drafted inside of the top 10. But to me, there's definitely a debate between Ezekiel Elliott and Aaron Jones. Also, you could kind of have that debate with Austin Eckler, aka the boy, Mr. Clean with that bald ass head because Austin Eckler is just so good in PPR. In PPR, this man could easily finish as a top five running back because of the amount of dump offs he's going to be seeing in this offense. And the Chargers now in 2021 with the second year of Justin Herbert, the pervert under center, I see really big things coming for Austin Eckler. After Austin Eckler came Aaron Jones, Tyreek Hill, Stefan Diggs, and Nick Chubb. So that higher end of the range ended up happening inside the first round where we see four non-running backs go in the first round. Typically, anything higher than four is pretty crazy. So I think that two to four range is going to be what we see in a lot of these drafts. After Stefan Diggs, the second round began with nine-inch Nicholas Chubb, Najee Harris, Antonio Gibson, and Jonathan Taylor. While I am very nervous to draft Jonathan Taylor inside the first round with the injury to Carson Wentz, with the injury to Quentin Nelson, I am perfectly fine taking Jonathan Taylor at the discount inside of the second round, even if Wentz misses some serious time. Jonathan Taylor is still going to be okay. His upside is just severely strangleholded if Jacob Eason sucks and if Quentin Nelson misses a serious amount of time, but I'm still fine taking Jonathan Taylor inside of the second round. So we're on the board here. Looking at the positions here, I'm going to go wide receiver because I feel very confident in Calvin Ridley, wide receiver of the Atlanta Falcons at this point. I think he is one of the only wide receivers in fantasy football that can finish as the number one guy due to the strict amount of volume he is going to be seeing in this Atlanta Falcons offense. I believe the Atlanta Falcons offense is going to be throwing the ball at one of the highest rates in the NFL, which is going to bode very well for Calvin Ridley with or without Julio Jones. Honestly, Calvin Ridley has been dominant, so I don't think it really matters if he's there or not. I understand that Kyle Pitts is going to take away some of this volume. Sure, I completely believe in that, but I still think Calvin Ridley is the clear wide receiver one on this team, and Matt Ryan loves throwing this guy the ball. After we went with Calvin Ridley came DeAndre Hopkins, DK Metcalf, and Justin Jefferson. The first round, clearly dominated by running backs in this draft. The second round is when you start to see some more wide receivers come off the board. Typically, the third round, though, is when the floodgates are open completely and a zillion wide receivers come off the board. Now, I know you might be questioning, Nick, why did you draft Calvin Ridley over DeAndre Hopkins? And again, it's kind of a scenario where you are splitting hairs, just like to me with Aaron Jones and Ezekiel Elliott. I think that Calvin Ridley has higher upside to be on a more pass-heavy offense compared to the Arizona Cardinals. DeAndre Hopkins isn't, he is a touchdown monster, right? This is a guy that's built to score 7 million touchdowns, but Kyler Murray is going to call his number in the red zone a lot of times. They're going to try to run the ball a lot in the red zone, so that does limit DeAndre Hopkins passing touchdown upside. Again, DeAndre Hopkins still a great player. It is very much splitting hairs, so if you took DeAndre Hopkins there, I wouldn't really judge you, but personally, I have Calvin Ridley ranked above DeAndre Hopkins as my number four overall wide receiver after Jefferson came Joe Mixon, Clyde, Edwards Hilaire, A.J. Brown, DeAndre Swift, David Montgomery, Chris Carson, Terry McLaurin, Keenan Allen, and Josh Jacobs. Seeing DeAndre Swift go inside of the second round seems like one of the more dangerous picks you can make. I understand there's a lot of upside there in Detroit with him being a very good pass-catching running back out of the Ohio State. We didn't really see it too much last year, but now a lot of those guys are gone. It's just DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams, but a lot of this coach speak out of Detroit with Dan Campbell, the head coach of the team, is that this is going to be a one-two punch type of backfield, a hot hand approach. So DeAndre Swift 
in the second round to me is very, very risky. After Josh Jacobs came Allen Robinson and J.K. Dobbins. So looking at the running backs available at this point, we obviously already have Ezekiel Elliott. I'm not in love with any of these guys as a third round pick, especially Miles Sanders. I think Miles Sanders is a perfectly fine running back, but to me, he does nothing special that makes me want to draft him. So I'm just going to lean with the wide receiver position and go one running back and two wide receivers through the first three rounds unless Darren Waller is available and he is at this point inside of the third round to me you just have to draft Darren Waller now I'm typically not someone in years prior that is about drafting the early round tight end I typically used to believe that you should wait until the later rounds and take an upside shot or two at the tight end position but what I came to realize is that the positional advantage at tight end is just so fucking strong when you can find a tight end in the third round that could beat out Travis Kelsey now I'm not saying that he will but I'm saying he to me him or Kelsey should finish as the tight end number one if neither of them end up getting hurt if there is an injury then obviously someone can surpass them but who else behind Waller and Kelsey can do it maybe George Kittle if Jimmy Garoppolo is the start of the whole year, because we know Jimmy Garoppolo loves to feed the ball to George Kittle, I believe if Trey Lance takes over, then the offense is going to be a lot more efficient, but there's going to be a lot less passing volume, which could hurt George Kittle, especially since Jimmy Garoppolo loves throwing the ball to George Kittle. Darren Waller is the clear wide receiver number one on that team, and he plays tight end. I am all about drafting Darren Waller inside of the first three rounds of the draft. He could go in the second round of your draft, and I wouldn't be surprised, but on ESPN, his ADP appears to be relatively low, so getting inside the third round was definitely a solid pick. So normally, in the first three rounds of the draft, I typically advise to get two out of three of your picks to be running backs because the running back position falls off the board very, very fast like we've seen already at this point in the draft. But I also advise that you're drafting on value, that you're drafting based upon the best player available, and you're not reaching up on a pick to draft someone just because they are a running back. So that's my thought process on that, or on that pick, even if my goal is to get two out of three running backs. If the value isn't there, if I don't like the pick, then I'm going to continue to wait, go against my own strategy, and look a little different differently. The best way to go into your draft is by not having a strategy at all, not by putting yourself into a mental box by saying, hey, I need to get those two. Two running backs because then you're going to reach or maybe hey I need to draft a quarterback in the third round and then you reach just go in there with a very open mind that's what I try to do in these mock drafts so look at the board here to me Darrell Henderson is the clear pick inside of the fourth round I have really came around to my thought process on Darrell Henderson I loved Cam Akers going into drafts just a couple of months ago basically just a couple of weeks ago before he ended up tearing his Achilles I thought this LA Rams offense was going to be very high powered with Matthew Stafford under center I thought Matthew Stafford was going to take these defenses and bend them over game in and game out. And I thought that that's really going to set the fucking tone for them to be able to run the ball and establish the run later on in the game. And Cam Akers will tear it up. Now, I'm not saying Darrell Henderson is Cam Akers because he certainly is not Cam Akers. Beat him out and stole his job. But, but that doesn't mean Darrell Henderson is some slouch, that he's just some terrible backup running back. To me, he was one of the better backup running backs in the league, the better handcuffs in fantasy football. So getting him inside the fourth round, I think the value is there, especially if this Rams offense is as efficient and as good as I believe they will be. After Chris Carson came, Terry McLaurin, Keenan Allen, Josh Jacobs, Allen Robinson, J.K. Dobbins, I went with Darren Waller, followed by Miles Sanders, C.D. Lamb, Robert Woods, George Kittle going at the end of the third round. The fourth round opens with Miles Gaskin, Mike Evans, Patty Mahomes, Amari Cooper, Darrell 
Anderson, Chris Godwin, Mark Andrews, Julio Jones, Josh Allen, Adam Thielen, Brandon Ayuk, DJ Moore, and Deontay Johnson to start off the fifth round. Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen going inside of the fourth round. The quarterback position in every single fantasy draft is one of the most interesting things to observe in one quarterback leagues because sometimes someone takes Pat Mahomes in the first round. And then in the second and third round, you start seeing the quarterbacks fly off the board. But typically, it's around the fourth round. That's when Mahomes comes off the board. And then after that, typically, it's a full-on fucking fire fest down there inside of the con- or inside of the draft where someone takes Mahomes, and then like three picks later, it's Josh Allen. Then three picks after that, it's Lamar Jackson. Then it's Kyler Murray. All the quarterbacks typically go relatively fast because people will believe that on the next turn, before they can pick again, that the quarterbacks are going to be gone. So that's typically what we see. Will we see that in this draft? Not necessarily, but that's just an observation I have made from doing so many mock drafts at this point and for playing fantasy football for a long-ass time. After Deontay Johnson came Kareem Hunt, Travis Ithian, Cooper Cup, Juju Smith-Schuster, and Kyler Murray. Please do not take Juju Smith-Schuster in the fifth round. Please do not do that. He is not even better than Chase Claypool in this offense. I believe he's the clear wide receiver three here. I do not want anything to do with him. So looking at the wide receiver position, we obviously have Calvin Ridley already on our team. Kenny Galladay, Jamar Chase, Cortland Sutton, T. Higgins. Cortland Sutton, I was reporting earlier on a couple days ago that Sutton is looking not the greatest, but I saw a lot of clips out of camp and he's actually looking pretty solid. So he should be a fine pick in the sixth this round. But here, I'm going to get Mike Davis. I'm going to shore up my running back position with these three studs in my opinion. And then after that, you can really hammer down on the wide receiver position. So we're going to go with Mike Davis. He's typically on ESPN, my fifth, sixth round draft pick every single time. Now, technically, based upon ADP, I reached on Mike Davis because I may have been able to get him in the sixth round. But what I know about Mike Davis is that he is going to be very involved in Atlanta. I wrote an article on Osmo.com about him today. So if you want to read that, make sure you check that out. But what I talk about is how there is no one behind. There is zero running back skill behind Mike Davis. Mike Davis was brought in after a solid year of being the guy behind Christian McCaffrey, and he elevated himself when Christian McCaffrey was hurt. With the skill set that he showed us and the prowess that he has in the pass-catching game, I believe he could be very good in Atlanta. A lot of people last year were riding Todd Gurley's cock, thinking that he was going to somehow not get knee arthritis. I was not about that, but if you believed in Todd Gurley last year, you basically have a less injury-prone version of Todd Gurley. They're falling later in the draft. So to me, if you were in on Todd Gurley last year, you should be very much in on Mike Davis this year. I understand Todd Gurley burned you, but it wasn't because he was bad. It was because he got injured. After Mike Davis came Kenny Galladay, Odell Beckham Jr., Chase Edmonds, Will Fuller, the fifth, Robbie Anderson, Dickie Dak, Prescott, Kyle Pitts, and Lamar Jackson. So we're up on the board here looking at quarterback. We're at the point where a lot of those big five quarterbacks came off the board. I like Rodgers and all, but I'm not really trying to draft a quarterback inside of the sixth round. We already have our tight end, so it's either running back or wide receiver here. We're nearing the dead zone at running back, so I'm pretty happy that I have three running backs that I I very much believe could be top 12 options already on my team. I like Jamar Chase, I like T. Higgins, but I want to talk about Cortland Sutton, because before these reports started coming out about how maybe Cortland Sutton was getting slow to the jump, maybe is the word I'm trying to use here? Slow to the gun, maybe? I don't know what I'm trying to say, but what I'm trying to imply is that Jamar Chase, not Jamar Chase, was that Cortland Sutton was a little bit slow in practice. He's slow rehabbing. And what Vic Fangio said was that, you know, you're practicing up against air, basically, when you're training before for that 
for recovering for the injury. You're going up against air, but now he's going up against real men, real men that are in the National Football League. It's going to be tough, but a lot of videos were coming out yesterday with Drew Locke absolutely dropping his horse cock down onto the ground and just throwing these nukes to Cortland Sutton. Cortland Sutton was looking like the Cortland Sutton of 2019. Now, again, don't buy everything into training camp footage, but I'm not saying that this guy's going to be a top 10 wide receiver, but what I saw was that Cortland Sutton, to me, to me, didn't look to be limping, didn't look to be wobbled. He looked to be going full speed. So I'm pretty confident in Cortland Sutton now to potentially be a top 24 wide receiver. I still love Jerry Judy and would not be surprised if Jerry Judy finished ahead of him, but I think Cortland Sutton's going to be drafted ahead of him in a majority of drafts. After Cortland Sutton came, tee-hee, titty boy, T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, TJ Hawkinson, Brandon Cooks, Javante Williams, DJ Chark, who had surgery on one of his fingers. Should be good to go, though. Not really too concerning, but if he's not able to practice, maybe that connection with Marvin Jones or Lavishka gets better, and DJ Shark isn't the number one target there, which is kind of what I've been predicting all offseason. After Michael Thomas, we see Aaron Rodgers, James Robinson, Leonard Fournette, Jerry Judy, Justin Herbert, the pervert, and Chase Claypool. Michael Thomas inside of the sixth round is a fine pick, but understand that this motherfucker might actually miss nine games. I doubt it, though. I think he misses more like six games, but still, he's going to be missing some serious time, and if you don't have an IR spot, now, I'm not really looking to draft him, because if you have an IR spot, you draft Michael Thomas in the 6th round, the 7th round, the 8th round, and then you put him in your IR, and then right after the draft, you just pick someone up off the waiver wire, and it's all fine and dandy. But if you don't have an IR spot, and he has to ride the bench for a while, I don't really like that, because that's an inactive spot on your roster for a bunch of weeks of the season. Looking at running back here, nothing too special. I do like Damian Harris, but I want to go ahead and get some more wide receiver help, considering, again, Cortland Sutton is a little bit banged up, so we're going to go ahead and draft Devontae Smith at this pick. I do really like Devontae Smith. I think I am much higher on Devontae Smith than the consensus fantasy football analysts, like then compared to other fantasy football analysts, because I believe that he is the clear alpha dog, the big dog in Philadelphia. I believe he's going to be the number one target. I believe he's the most talented wide receiver on that roster. I believe that he could easily finish as the wide receiver one in terms of being a rookie, the rookie wide receiver one. So I like him inside of the seventh round. He is banged up right now, but I do believe he will be fine for week one. So I'm not all that nervous, especially since he's my wide receiver three. And while Cortland Sutton is still banged up, I think he should be fine. If you guys have ended up enjoying through the first half of this video, please make sure that you do hit that subscribe button down below. If you have enjoyed thus far, I put this content out every single day, typically two videos a day. Today, you're just getting one, but normally two videos a day. So I really appreciate if you hit that subscribe button down below. Make sure to hit that like button as well. After Devontae Smith came, Logan Thomas, LaVishka, Chenault, Dallas, Godert, Russell Wilson, Tyler, yeah, Boyd, Curtis Samuel, Zach Moss, and Michael Gallup. A lot of talk about Michael Gallup not being re-signed at the end of this year, which doesn't really surprise surprise me. They have a pretty solid wide receiver core there, but with how pass heavy they are, I still like drafting Michael Gallup, but a player that is really starting to make me very excited to draft is Antonio Brown. Now, again, a lot of people were hating on this take of mine from earlier on in the offseason about how I'm a little bit squeamish, a little bit nervous about Mike Evans and about Chris Godwin. Now, I'm not nervous about the talent. I'm not nervous about some insane fucking career decline because that's not what's going to happen with those guys, right? Those are some of the more elite wide receivers in the National Football League. But when Antonio Brown was healthy, when AB is in there with Godwin, with Evans, he's going to suck up a lot of targets. He just is. 
he's still good. Now, he's not prime Antonio Brown or something, but he's still good. He scored a touchdown in the Super Bowl. He's still good. So, why would I want to draft one of those guys super early when I can draft Antonio Brown much later? And I think it is really pot. Like, say Evans or Godwin go down again. Knock on wood, we don't root for injuries here. I'm never saying something like that. But if one of them was to go down, then Antonio Brown's fucking value skyrockets directly to the moon as he would be the number one or number two target in that offense with Tom Brady, who is showing no signs of declining. Eventually, Brady's going to decline. But I'm going to continue to draft him as if he is the Tom Brady that he's been for the past couple of years because nothing has pointed to any chance that this guy's going to have a decline season. So I'm just never going to believe that. I'm all in on Antonio Brown this year. After, let's see, after Antonio Brown came Raheem Mostert, Damian Harris, Kenyon Drake, Noah Fant, Jarvis Landry, Mikey, Mike Williams, Hollywood, Brown, Robert Tunyon, Jalen Hurts, Ryan Tannehill, Tom Brady, Deshaun Watson, practicing today in pads. I mean, like, again, I don't know what's happening there. I have no idea. I don't know what Deshaun Watson did. I don't know what he didn't do. But what it appears is that the NFL is laying down no law, nothing, on Deshaun Watson. And that could mean that Deshaun Watson is a starting quarterback in the NFL week one. And a lot of this is talking about how Houston's not really looking to trade him. So he's going to be the quarterback of the Texans week one. Now, again, something could change between now and week one. That's about a month away at this point. But right now, based upon what we have seen, seems like Deshaun Watson is going to play week one. And Deshaun Watson is probably a top five quarterback in fantasy football, even if the Houston Texans offense is so bad. So looking at the board now, we already got a bunch of wide receivers. So I'm looking to dive back into the running back pool. And on ESPN, they Ronald Jones must have actually fucked someone at ESPN's wife because Ronald Jones should not be getting drafted inside the ninth round. I understand there's an argument to make about Ronald Jones versus Leonard Fournette and about how Uncle Lenny is the better running back, blah, 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 blah. Personally, I believe Ronald Jones is the more talented running back. And even if he isn't, Bruce Arians uses the hot hand approach. That deadly approach I was talking about earlier with DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams. If, 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 if Ronald Jones is running hot, then he's going to be the guy for multiple weeks in a row. But the problem is, is Bruce Arians and that stupid hat he wears, he always screws you over because if he makes one minute mistake, he's screwed. But this is in the ninth round. He is my running back number four. I don't expect him to really be gracing my roster all that many weeks. So I'm happy to draft him inside the ninth round because he could actually be a top 12 running back on this super good team in Tampa Bay with a strong defense that can run the ball later in the game. So to me, it's a no-brainer to select him in the 10th round, in the 6th round, the 7th round. It's a little bit more ambitious, but inside the 10th round to me, that is a no-brainer pick, and that's where you're going to be able to get him on ESPN. We still do not have a quarterback, but if I'm being honest with you guys, I'm perfectly fine waiting on another quarterback. But the issue here is, I'm glad I looked at the quarterbacks after Joe Burrow. To me, there is a tear break. I like Tua Tungabailoa, I like Matt Ryan, I like Trevor Lawrence to have top 10, top 12 potential. But a lot of reports out of camp now are that Joe Burrow is looking a lot better. Before, a couple of days ago, Joe Burrow was apparently looking like dog shit out there. He was getting sacked all these times. I don't think they actually sack you right in training camp. They just like 
hug you or they get close to Joe Burrow and then they blow like 6,000 whistles. Don't touch Joe Burrow. You don't want him getting hurt again. I understand. But he was getting pressured heavily. He wasn't able to make these throws because he's worried about his knee, which he tore up last year. He tore his MCL, PCL, and his ACL. The fucking trifecta of injury. That is a terrible injury. But he seems to be fine now. He seems to be stepping into the throws correctly, doing everything fine. Now, Joe Burrow's rushing upside, to me, is strangleholded slightly by this injury. It depends when he fully breaks free from this injury. Because even if he's perfectly healthy, a lot of these injuries are a mental game. Psychological warfare put on to Joe Burrow by his knee. If he's able to break free from that, if he's able to not be worried about getting hurt, and he's able to run the ball, then man, man oh man, Joe Burrow's upside is amazing because that team's defense sucks so bad and he's going to be able to be throwing the ball a lot in these games. So looking at the board here, we're probably probably going to go either wide receiver or running back here. We have our quarterback, we have our tight end, so I'm not really looking to draft backups at either of those spots. So looking at the running back position here, Naheem Hines, Devin Singletary, J.D. McKissick, Gus Edwards, Alexander Madison, Tony Pollard, Giovanni Bernard, wide receivers. We got Jacoby Myers, Nelson Aguilar, Paris Campbell, Russell Gage. I really like Russell Gage, but we already have uh, Calvin Ridley, so we're going to go ahead here and get Gus Bus Edwards running back of the Baltimore Ravens. Now, Gus Edwards is the clear running back to behind J.K. Dobbins, but with a team that is so run heavy in Baltimore, I think Gus Edwards is honestly a must-draft pick inside the 10th-plus round at his ADP right now. So looking at the board, James White I also like a lot, but, you know, we saw what happened last year. He wasn't really good. But he's still getting drafted at the point where it's a dart throw late enough to where the upside is worth it, especially if this Patriots defense is a lot better and the offense is a lot better, which I believe it will be. Last year was just a complete and utter dumpster fire of a season for that team. Jameson Crowder, Russell Gage, Traquan Smith, Rashad Bateman, Randall Cobb, Rondell Moore, Rashad Perryman, Terrell Williams, Sterling Shepard, all names available at this point. The indie guys, I'm fading at this point with what I know about Carson Wentz. So here, we're going to draft Rashad Bateman. Now, Rashad Bateman still slightly banged up for an injury, but Hollywood Brown is seriously injured and missing some time. Rashad, Rashad Bateman's better than Hollywood Brown. Hollywood Brown every single year gets overhyped because he's the fast motherfucker on the Ravens, and while Lamar Jackson isn't Patrick Mahomes or something when it comes to arm strength, like arm ability passing, right? He's not, and everyone knows that, but he can still throw the ball right? He's not a running back like people joke about. He can throw the football. So people like Hollywood Brown. He's a deep down the field threat. He's fun. He's going to have three good games this year. Three good games. Yeah, that's fun, right? In best ball, that's pretty fun. You get three good games. But in a redraft league, you're never going to know when to start him because he will literally just destroy some defense, like the best defense in the NFL, he will have, Hollywood Brown will have this biggest game of his career, but then up against some garbage-ass defense, like he'll play up against the Jets or something, and he will get locked down and thrown into the fucking jail or something. He can't do anything in those games. So it's very confusing. Rashad Bateman looks pretty solid in practice, so I'm, and in training camp, so I'm pretty solid. I'm pretty solid. Like, I'm pretty fucking hard to be drafting Rashad Bateman right now. All... All hands on deck for the Rashad Bateman hype train that I've just recently hopped upon. So looking here, because he could easily be the wide receiver one in targets there in Baltimore. I understand we drafted two Baltimore players back to back, but it is what it is. Looking at the board right now, it's starting to appear that Ty Johnson may have beaten out Temin Coleman as the running back two in New York. Now again, nothing set in stone yet, but 
That's what it's appearing like. So we're going to draft Ty Johnson here over Tevin Coleman. If things continue to move in the opposite direction, I think Tevin Coleman's better than Ty Johnson. But again, it's all about what the team believes, what the coach believes, and who they're rolling out there to be the running back number two. And if it's going to be Ty Johnson, then he's going to be the guy you want to draft. So looking at our team right now, we have Darrell Henderson and Ezekiel Elliott as our two running backs. Our flex is Mike Davis. So we got three running backs. Then we have Ronald Jones and Gus Edwards. So we have one, two, three, four, five, six running backs, one, two, three, four, five wide receivers. So a good rule of thumb in fantasy is to draft more running backs than wide receivers because it's very easy to find a wide receiver, even in a 12-team league off the waiver wire. But when you're looking for a running back that you want to start week in and week out, that is very hard to find on the waiver wire unless there is an injury. So we're going to go ahead and draft one more wide receiver because we already have more running backs than wide receivers. At this point, it is a full-on moonshot at this pick, but I believe this one is a little bit safer than a moonshot, and that's going to be John Brown of the Las Vegas Raiders. I personally believe he could be the wide receiver number one on this team. I don't believe Henry Ruggs is the guy and ever will be the guy. I think John Brown to me fits the bill of being the number one wide receiver on this team, but still, the reason why I like Darren Waller so much is because he's the actual number one target, but he's a tight end. So that's why I didn't really include him when I was talking about that right there. Sorry if you just heard my chair squeak. I just fucking smashed into it with my arm. Hulk smash. I hope you guys enjoyed my picture of Chewbacca on the screen the whole time. I don't know if anyone ever noticed that, but I don't really like those boring ass ESPN helmets. So I just pick a different one every single time. So I'm with Mr. Chewbacca in this video. So looking at the board down here, what round did... Let me see. Sorry. Man, Tyler Higby in the 13th round. It's so crazy how different the ADP is on each website. Like on Yahoo, he's going to like the 8th, 9th round. Whereas on here, he goes in like the 13th round. That's a little crazy, especially with my expectations of this offense in LA for the Rams. So again, make sure that you're practicing on the website you are going to be drafting on come your draft because that's the best way to understand the average draft position on the site. Again, there's no perfect way to practice to be ready for any scenario that one of your fucking league mates throws you in where they throw you in a whirlwind by doing something outrageous. And that's going to happen in your leagues, especially if you're playing with people that aren't as into fantasy football as yourself. So just make sure that you are practicing. I hope you guys do enjoy these videos, though. I try my best to give you guys the most informational videos while also having a fun time and not just talking about numbers the whole time. So looking at the board here, we are going to be going with a kicker. And we're going to go with the main man, Justin Tucker the fucker. And then we're going to have to draft a defense. So by drafting a defense in fantasy, I don't really care about how you believe the defense is going to do on the whole season standpoint. I'm looking at a defense that has a good matchup week one, and then after that, kick them to the curb, and don't you come back no more, no more, hit the road jack type of deal there. I don't want anything to do with you past week one, unless you have a good matchup week two. I'm just looking for a good matchup week one, looking for sacks, interceptions, low points, and then after that, guess what happens? After week one, after that defense has that great game, then if they have a hard opponent week two, you just cut them and you add a new defense again. Haven't done that research yet, but I will make sure to have it done soon since I know people start to draft relatively soon. My first draft of the offseason is August 22nd with my friends. I will be making a video on that so that you guys have a good idea of what my real teams are looking like. But again, the mock drafts, my real team is going to be very similar because I'm not just sitting here spewing some bullshit. I'm saying what I genuinely believe about my teams. Team Notorious looking beautiful, but we're going to go ahead and look at them on the left because, again, for some reason, ESPN fails to understand that you really want to have a big screen here in the middle for the draft board. 
you need a draft board. The pick history thing is not good enough, in my opinion. You need a draft board, and you need a way to look at your team in a bigger way, which is still not available on ESPN. Again, I have no no hate for ESPN, no love for ESPN either. I, I just think it's one of the worst platforms to be drafting on. Nothing against ESPN, though. Uh, quarterback, Joe Burrow. Our running backs are Ezekiel Elliott and Darrell Henderson. Wide receivers, Calvin Ridley and Cortland Sutton. Tight end, Darren Waller. Flex, Mikey Mike Davis. Defense, the New Orleans Saints are kicker. Justin Tucker, the fucker. Our bench is comprised of Devontae Smith, Antonio Brown, Ronald Jones, Gus, Bus Edwards, Rashad Bateman, Ty Johnson, and John Brown. So let me know down below what you guys think about this roster. Do you love it? Do you hate it? Let me know. I'd love to read the comment section. I'm sorry if I don't answer every single comment because we are at the point in the offseason season where there's a lot more people watching there's a lot more comments but just so you know even if I don't reply if you say something nice you say something typically I do read it I try to get to every comment but if I miss you I do apologize so please just comment the question again if you have a question and I don't answer it make sure you ask it again and I will try my best to answer it I love you guys so much thank you for all the support we just hit 14,000 subscribers crazy absolutely crazy. I love you guys so much. Thank you for everything. Have a great rest of your guys' day. Make sure you stay safe. Happy Monday. We're going to have a great week ahead of us. I love you guys as always. Good boy.